T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time out here on 1250 AM. The Fan. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Time to be joined for our weekly chat with our guy Tim Dillard from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. Of course, part of the Brewers Unfiltered podcast with Adam McKelvey and Brad Ford on your Odyssey app and at Brewers.com. He is sponsored by Robert Ack Diamonds, where they pay cash for your gold. Visit them in Greenfield at 76th and Lading or their new location in Brookfield, RobertAckDiamonds.com. Tom, Tim Dillard, I start off with the obvious question. The Brewers miss the postseason for the first time in the last five years. Uh, what do you think that everybody will point at as far as why this season didn't work out as well as the last four seasons? Wait, what? They didn't make it? No, no. no <laughs> I'm just didn't. kidding. Sorry. Sorry to break the news <laughs> Yeah, too. sorry. Oh, man. No, I, you know, I think there's a lot of things um, that, that could have gone their way that just didn't. Um, obviously people are going to point to the Josh Hader trade, which, um, if you probably try to look at the big picture, it's probably more offensive. Um, you know, probably that was the thing is scoring runs, not so much giving up runs, even though there were blown saves, but Craig council said in his post game press conference yesterday, um, that one thing that, you know, looking back, it makes you reflect, it makes you reflect on games in May and games in June and games, you know, it's not just what happened here in the last week or so. It's been the whole season. And um, for me personally, just looking at it, it's been the close games. It's just been the close games, especially extra inning ball games, um, where they just can't get it done. And they were unwilling to play small ball several times, and it cost them when other teams were willing to do that. So um, I think they need to, moving forward, go, you know what, when the situation arises, when we have to hit a ball to first base with the man on second and nobody out, we have to do that. You know, and it's just little, little decisions like that that probably could have been the difference maker for this team. Christian Yelich, after the game, talked about the fact never at any point did he feel like this team figured out how to win games consistently. He said in years past, they knew offensively, defensively, and kind of pitching-wise what they needed to do to win a game. You know, if we can just do this to this point, you know, we'll win this game. We feel pretty good. He said they never really got their finger on you know, how to do that consistently throughout the year, and that made it difficult. Can you explain maybe a little bit as far as what he's talking about? Well, I think anybody watching this team over the years is probably trying to figure out a philosophy on what exactly they're trying to do. Like, we know they can hit the long ball. Uh, they actually did really well in walks this year. Um, they, you know, when they were doing really well, they were, you know, not giving up a lot of runs. They didn't have to score many runs, and that's why they had 51 uh, one-run ball games this season. Uh, but I, I get it. Uh, and what I think is you start looking at philosophies, like let's just use the, the extra inning philosophy, for example. I don't know what the Brewers' philosophy was home and away when you have the Manfred Ghost Runner at second base. Uh, you, I, I don't know what it is. 
You know, because I, I see other teams, and you can see that they're going to bunt or they're going to choose to, you know, hit a ball to, to the right side or they'll play infield in or they'll just walk the guy or they'll the unintentional, intentional walk or walk. Like, there's all these different philosophies out there. I have no idea what the Brewers is. I, I, I'm paid to watch them. I'm watching very intensely, and I have no idea what their philosophy is just in that. Uh, don't know if they know. You know, does the batter know when he walks to the plate? Uh, does the runner at second base know what's going to go on? So, I mean, I'm not trying to get down in the weeds too much, but I do understand what he's talking about is, is what's our philosophy? What are we trying to do in certain situations? And if the players don't know, it's not on them, right? Unless they were told. So uh, to me, I, I still, I, I, there's a couple of things that they could have done differently. And it, to me, it was communicating what their philosophy is in close games, because that's what they played a majority of their games were all close. The other part about this, and God knows it's been talked to death for the last two months after Hader was traded, was you know the chemistry on the team and how guys kind of got their heads down and so forth after that whole thing went down. And I think a lot of times, maybe not a lot of times, but sometimes you have front office people in different organizations in all sports, not just baseball, football, basketball, that kind of don't realize the importance of chemistry and how big of a deal that is for a team. You may have the most talented team in the world, but if that chemistry is right is not right, it may cost you games. At the same point, maybe if you aren't uber-talented, great chemistry might be able to help you win a couple of games. What's your thoughts on the importance of chemistry in sports? Well, I think it's, it's a big part. Um, unless you have a ton of money, like the Yankees or something, where you can go get the best players regardless of you know their personalities or how they're perceived as teammates. <laughs> um, you can go get you know the best players and stick them in a room and they could possibly win. But for you know 99% of the teams that are out there across all sports, uh, you need a group of people that are pulling the same direction, communicating, and and like to be around each other. Um, I think Lorenzo Cain, you know, when uh, when they you know decided to part ways in Cincinnati. Um, early in the season, I think that was a big piece. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is absolutely beloved, not just by fans, but by everybody that's come in contact with him. Uh, that was kind of a precursor to, okay, well, the, 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 the clubhouse environment is changing. And for some of the young guys that all they've known is uh, low cane in the clubhouse, that's a, that's a big one. Um, I was actually just at breakfast with Craig Kashan, my partner in crime, and we were talking and um, we were talking about just some of the stuff that I learned over my career. We t- started talking about Craig Council. And I, when I learned sidearm in 2010 spring training, I had to go find some of the older guys, talk to them and say, how would you approach a pitcher like me? You know, wh- what am I going to do? Go to a rookie and say, hey, guy, how would you face a right-handed sidearmer? You know, because they don't have that experience. No, I went to Craig Council and I said, hey, you face a sidearm righty. What are you looking for? You know, and what's your what's your take on what's going to happen? What do you think you're going to see? What do you not expect? And just all the dynamic around that. That's called experience. And when people are willing to share that, it makes everyone better. Um, and I think they parted ways with a couple of guys this year that probably could have helped a lot of the young guys in some of these situations. I think the other part of this, too, is, and I, I put this on Twitter uh, the other day, and I just said, you know, uh, of the Brewers hitters that they have on this team, you know, of those guys, who would you be mad about if they didn't bring back, whether they were let go as a free agent or they were traded away? Who would those guys be? And I got several, nobody. Uh, I got uh, a bunch, and probably the most popular was, you know, Willie Adamas and Renfro were the two guys that a lot of people didn't want to see moved or traded that, you know, they'd be mad about if, if they got rid of. But, that was about the extent of it. Is that where we're at kind of now going into the offseason where 
kind of as you look at this lineup pretty much, they should be kind of looking to upgrade across the board or figure out different ways of doing things? Uh, I, ha- you know, I have no idea. I don't know who's who they want to bring back. I did hear David Stearns the other day when we were pouring beer up at X-Golf nice. uh, before a game. Uh, he was getting some questions, and they had plans for – um, what to do when they if they keep McCutcheon? What to do if you know if they have Wong? If they don't have Wong, if they don't have McCutcheon, if they don't have certain players, or how that looks? Um, because people want to know, and you know, and, unless unless you you know you go to college and get a degree and work your way to being a GM, then you know and higher up, that you know it's not for us to decide. But speculating, I think, yeah, I would. Man, Willie Adamas and and Hunter Renfro are the two guys I would want going into battle. If I, for the offensive perspective, like I want those guys, you know, you're going to get a fight out of them. And, you know, I'm not saying not everyone's fighting, but they, they just put forth that effort where there is not a doubt in anyone's mind that they are given everything they have at every single moment. So um, it's a rare thing for guys to be that passionate while they're playing and for it to translate. Uh, but I, I think they underperformed this year as a whole collectively on the offensive end. Um, and I think they did well. They couldn't capitalize in moments because it goes back to what are they trying to do with a man on second base in the sixth inning? And it's a one run game. The other day we knew it was going to be a pitching matchup against the Marlins. What are the Marlins doing? Uh, or what are the Brewers doing eventually is bunting in like the second or third inning. Uh, where was that, you know, in May? If you're willing to do it in September, if you're, you're October when you're super desperate, why not do that in May? You know, why not do that in June? So, um, I, I think there were moments they could have capitalized very easily, not just with the big home run, but just with a strategic at-bat uh, that could have been the difference maker. I've got another one for you that I see fans complain about, and I'll be honest, it irritates me as well. When you see baseball players on baseball teams, Brewers or other teams, where it's a ground ball hit and the player's not running hard down the first baseline, uh, is that something that a manager or a bench coach gets on a player for, or is that something that's just accepted in Major League Baseball as uh, part of the deal of being a pro? Well, number one, I was a pitcher, and I was mostly a bullpen pitcher. So for me to talk about an everyday player, uh, I don't even have that right. Being an everyday player is, uh, is ex- it's super hard. It's the hardest thing in all the sports. Uh, these guys play – 162 games, 150 games, right? I mean, a lot of these guys, uh, if they didn't spend time on the IL, played 140, 150 games. So to do that and what your body goes through, I do know this. The Dodgers at one point in the minor leagues were telling their guys, if you hit a ball and you know that you're out, don't run your hardest. Basically, like, save your energy type thing. Really? Uh, I, yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. Um, I personally was taught growing up that you run hard no matter what. And that's just me personally. Same. That's the way I was taught. Yep. Probably the way I would teach my kids. Uh, that's why I think people loved Prince Fielder as much as they did. Not only was he just a phenomenal person and a phenomenal hitter, but how many times did you see him sprinting down the first in the ninth inning with two outs on a ground ball to second base? He just, that's the way he played. And that, to me, it looks amazing when you see it in real time. Uh, but then there's the other aspect of, okay, you pay this guy. $40 million or what, you know, $20 million a year. And the last thing you want is for him to twist his ankle running foolishly hard down the first base. So I think there's a, there's a line there. Um, but at the same time, if you are capable of running, if you can make this a close play, that puts pressure. I think, I think you have to put pressure on infielders as much as you put pressure on pitchers. You know, if you make a pitcher work on the mound and he throws seven or eight pitches to you, that's putting pressure on the guy. If you're a base dealer, that puts pressure 
Uh, if you're running hard to first base, that puts pressure. As long as you're putting pressure on the other team, that is a good way to run your club. Uh, but, I, but you know, there's so many different trains of thought, and they say Dodgers are five years ahead of everybody. So maybe they're onto something, but I would, I would never teach it. And, but also, <laughs> I've never been an everyday player. So, <laughs> so you, I mean, you're right. That's one thing. Okay, so you bring up the bullpen, and you're a bullpen guy, and that is – uh, a frustration, I think, for a lot of fans as well by the end of the season, a uh, post-hater trade as far as how well this bullpen actually pitched. Uh, in your mind, uh, when we look at you know Devin Williams right now, do you think Devin Williams is more better suited to be that eighth inning guy, or do you think he is a you know a full time ninth inning closer? Because I don't, in my personal opinion, I'm just a fan. Obviously, I, I think there are certain guys that are more built for that eighth inning role. That's where they they are their best, and there are other guys that are. Uh, really, really built to, to close games and can handle that pressure? Uh, I think he can do either one. I think if they go out in the market and they're looking for an eighth or ninth inning guy, I think they'll make that decision. But I think Devin Williams did a fantastic job. Uh, the, when he blew it the other day, he was coming back from throwing like 20 or 30 pitches, like 12 hours before he was back on the mound. Uh, but that's what everyone remembers. They don't look at the 15 saves and the 26 holds that he had this year, which is by far – no one's done anything like that with holds and saves. He did amazing in the role that he was given. Um, he just was used terribly, honestly, in September. And the reason he was used terribly is because every other month he had double-digit games where he would pitch. Only had nine in September. And you're trying to just you know, make a run at it. You should be throwing the most of the season. And they couldn't get to him, right? The starter would be taken out in the sixth. They put somebody else out there. The game goes sideways. Next thing you know, you ain't get a chance to use the most versatile and best pitcher in baseball. So uh, there were some moments there. They could have made some different decisions to just by who they brought in or when they brought him in. They brought him in the seventh inning of a game because the right. game went sideways. And that right there was the reason they won that ball game. And we were giving Craig Council props. But at the same time, you have to go, well, why did they do this, you know, weeks ago? Uh, why is it? Why is it now? You know, why does everything get pressure now? It's like watching a a football game, and in the fourth quarter, when the team's down, they're always trying to strip the ball, right? They try to grab the guy and like knock the ball. Do that in the first quarter, right? Right? Yeah. You should be doing that in April, in May. But if you're making the same mistakes uh, on the field, but even in the dugout, you're making the same mistakes uh, in April that you are in August and September. You're just not doing things correctly. And uh, but for me, Devin Williams can do whatever he wants to do. He is a phenomenal pitcher. Uh, the problem is when you face back-to-back days and a guy sees uh, 11 change-ups from you and hits the 11th for a single that scores two runs, um, you're giving the advantage to the hitter because he sees you so much. In a perfect world, they wouldn't even have to see him uh, that much in certain situations. But the game and the way the Brewers' bullpen was, this is kind of what it came down to. So uh, I'm not going to remember that moment. I'm going to remember all the amazing games he came into and literally saved the entire game just because of what he could do on the mound. I got one last question for you in our, our last chat, obviously now that the season is pretty much over, uh, is uh, do you think there's more pressure on this Brewers front office because of the window closing uh, with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta getting closer to free agency uh, from ownership to try and, and get this team you know, closer to the end game that they want to get to, which is a World Series at this point? Yeah, I don't I don't want to say pressure. I mean, I, I wouldn't use that. I know Craig Council in his presser yesterday was asked a little bit about, you know, seeing that window close on guys like Burns and Woodruff and stuff. To me, I look at it as an opportunity. They have, they have so many good players on this ball club, uh, and they thought they had all the right fixes, 
and they had to overcome a lot of injuries this year. They didn't have an injury for like a month and a half, and then they just got crushed for about the next you know couple two or three months. So that that's something to take in consideration. They did have you know different people around them that were you know everybody was healthy. If, if Brandon Woodruff would have been pitching like this all year long and didn't miss a month, my goodness, we would be talking about him for Cy Young. That's how good he's been his yeah. last, uh, I believe, nineteen starts. So. Uh, that's something to consider, but I I think it's an opportunity. I don't want to say pressure. I'm going to say opportunity. These guys have a chance to be amazing, uh, but who are you going to bring in? You should be excited about that, especially what they have in AAA. Garrett Mitchell is just the beginning. Garrett Mitchell is just the beginning. He comes up, he's batting 300 since he's been in the big leagues, uh, a clutch hitter. He doesn't have a ton of RBIs or home runs, but man, every time he gets the ball in play, it seems to be a big deal and can steal bases and plays the outfield tremendous. This is what's coming. We saw this with the Nashville Sound. There's a reason that's one of the best AAA teams, actually the best AAA team this year. Uh, but it's one of the best that Rick Sweet, who's been managing for 30 years, he said, this is the best team I've ever been around. That's the talent that they have. So are they going to have to go get a whole bunch of guys? I don't believe so. I think you're going to see a young crop uh, that's very dynamic and have many tools. We're not used to just seeing a guy just hit home runs and that's it. We're going to see guys hitting home runs and then stealing bases. Uh, I think that's what's coming. So I don't want to say pressure on the front office. I want to say there's a huge opportunity these next two years to do something pretty special. Love to hear it. And thanks so much for coming on throughout the season, man. Appreciate it. What's on our Brewers Unfiltered this week with you, Adam McKelvey, and Brad Ford? Yeah, well, we didn't record today. We're going to wait uh, <laughs> now that the season's over or that now that the playoff dreams is over. Uh, we're uh, we're going to wait till uh, after the season's over, just kind of do our end-of-the-season sure. recap. And as far as I know, we're going to do this into the off season. Oh, I believe I asked that question on one of the shows, uh, and they said yes. So that'll nice. be fun. It'll continue. Yeah, got to right. There's yeah. always plenty to talk about. Baseball is as deep as you want to make it. You can like the uniforms, or you can know what a guy hits on a Tuesday in September from the left side in a dome. So <laughs> uh, all that and more. <laughs> he is Tim Dillard. Follow my Twitter at Dim Tillard. Obviously, thanks so much for coming on uh, throughout the season, and I'll, I'll try and run you down through the offseason as well. Tim, thanks so much. Yeah, please do, Sparky. Thank you. You betcha. Take care. There he is, uh, Tim Dillard. Again, Brewers on filter. They'll tape their last one once the season is done, and then it'll continue into the offseason as well. Brought to you all year by Robert Hack Diamonds. Thanks so much to those guys uh, for being a sponsor of Tim Dillard, whether it be on the big show or here uh, on just me and him uh, doing these interviews week to week. Obviously, don't forget, uh, each and every day, come to 1250amthefan.com or to your Odyssey app and hear the newest interviews that I do day to day. Have a good one, everyone. Toodles! We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.